Hey guys, you are listening to Kick It, Don't Quit It, a motivational spiritual podcast seeking to spread love and grace. We're so thankful you have tuned in. Come kick it with the girls, just don't quit on the world. Welcome back to Kick It, Don't Quit It. And we are talking about having a blended family. Um, We have been talking about being married and now I wanted just to dive in. I have, my marriage right now is not my first, it is actually my third. Um, However, when I was 17, I got married to escape an abusive home. And then when I was 20, got married again to uh, to escape a bad situation and I stayed married less than a year he was abusive also it seems funny how um I seek these things out mm-hmm. um if you talk to yeah. most people who are in that situation yeah you you tend to unfortunately you tend hi Cal um you tend to to fall fall into what you know yeah and so if you come from abusive home a lot of times people will fall into an abusive relationship because that's just all they've all they've known. Yeah. I well, and I I ended up going to a battered women's shelter. I graduated their program in 10 months and they helped me get, you know, a car and a place to live and all kinds of things and um I ended up uh, meeting my husband eventually and he and I have been together for 20 years. However, He's the 13 years my senior, and he um, brought with him three children that were older. I brought two children with me, and then we ended up having one together. So we are a blended family. His his grown children are not that much younger than me. <laughs> so it's been an interesting dynamic, for yeah. sure. So... Um the man I am married to now, Daniel, um, or as Megan calls him, Daniela. Daniela! Um, he is also my third husband. Um, my first husband, we were married less than a year. Um, he was my high school sweetheart, and I married him. If I was saying why I married him, I married him because he was the very first person I had sex with. And I thought if I married him, it would make it all okay that I'd had sex before we got married. So um, that was that was kind of my reasoning. I, I thought everything would change and everything would get better um, once we got married, and it did not. Um, and then I was married to my my boy's dad for quite a few years, and then um, so I had two boys from my second marriage, none from my first. Thank the good Lord. Um, and then uh, Daniel, when we got together, he brought three kids of his own. Um, and then once we were married, we had our little angel child, what I, I call our little angel child, Kennedy. The favorite. Uh, the, 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 the favorite. Oh, she's, she's in the room. She's dancing around because she thinks it's cute that she's the favorite but just like I said on the first podcast she's probably the favorite right now because she's caused me the least amount of issues I'm sure give her a few years and those teenage years kick in hopefully we have good teenage years but 
<laughs> but we'll see. You know, that a lot of times if they're good when they're younger, then they get to be teenagers. And I'm hoping I don't have that issue. But, um, so yeah, so yeah, we have, uh, you don't have teenagers yet. (laughs) We have the blended family and I will tell you, um, so my adopted son, um, got married a couple of weeks ago and we were doing the, the mother son dance and first off we were just laughing and, and cutting up and then it got serious and I told him, I said, Nick, I said, you know, the family life that you came from. And you know what a different life you want for your kids when you have them. I said, so you are the rudder. You are the example of who those kids are supposed to be. I said, you have examples in your life now that you say are examples of who you want your your parenting styles to be. Who you want them to look at you and say, okay, my dad is like Daniel. Or my, my dad is, I can see... Aaron and and my dad I said but your sons are going to learn how to treat a woman by what you or how you treat Chloe and your daughters are going to learn how they are to be treated by how you treat Chloe I said so know that you are the direction in that house know that how you treat Chloe how you you love her how you um, tend to her is how your kids are going to either know how to treat their spouse or how they're supposed to be treated he goes okay 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 Mm -hmm. and I'm like you are the rudder you are the foundation of the family you're the dad you're the father you're the husband and everything falls under your umbrella so be the man that you want that you wish your dad would have been. Yeah. Well, and I'll be honest with you, you know, um, when they grow up and um, they take on wives or husbands. Now, I don't have any, I don't have any daughters that have a husband because my my daughter is um, a senior in high school. She's she's going to be going to college soon. So, and then Ray's daughter is. Um, We've not had a very close relationship with her. We, I don't know her very well. But um, for my sons, you know, I always heard about the monster-in-law, you know, and how these mother-in-laws, they don't want to let go of their son. And then, um, and then there's all kinds of issues. I didn't ever want to be that. I didn't, yeah. I, I had had that with one of my husbands. I won't be specific because, you know, I don't mean causing a thing, but, you know, I had that. And I know how difficult that is yes. for a wife to have a mother-in-law that is, you think, doesn't like you or treats you some kind of way. Okay, so, but that being said, I did not want for my sons to experience, my son's wives to experience that I wanted to maintain some sort of relationship with them so what I did was I took my daughter's in-laws and they were the be and be be all end all they I when I called their house I called my daughter-in-law I didn't call my son I called my daughter-in-law and then I asked to speak to my son I made all of our plans through my daughter's in-laws I greeted them first. 
I honored them in their home. I asked what their thoughts are and their, you know, I went through them for the kids and developed this, I feel like, wonderful relationship with my daughters-in-law. And even to go further, for Christmas and for Thanksgiving and for birthdays, I would always say, you go take, you go spend that with your fam, your family, and then I'll take whatever day around that because it's not about it's it's not about getting my way. It's about having that. a really great time together and being able to celebrate the holiday together. So I'll take the off day. You go spend that day with your family, and so because of that. I have full access to my grandchildren anytime I want. Yeah. I have full access. My my relationship with my sons have grown. You know, when when they come and see me, there's excitement there on both ends. I don't feel like there's a dread or there's a underlining, you know, yeah. um, shimmer or whatever you call it. What is it? A, a before shock, <laughs> you know, before an earthquake or something like that. It really has help the dynamic of my relationship because I want I want them to know that I want to be an addition to their family. I love that Holly. It sounds like you've really taken off the pressure of your daughter-in-laws because there is a lot of pressure. There ca- there can be oh, yeah. a lot of pressure in that new family dynamic. You know what I mean? Pleasing um trying to gather my words here and my thoughts but I, I just everything you said what the picture I'm, I'm getting painted is you've removed the pressure off of them and you've made it enjoyable so they don't feel obligated to do everything your way or to please you and it's all the spotlights on you you're you're adding you're not you're not pressuring it yeah and I well, love that and here's the other thing you know about about having daughters-in-laws and making sure that you're you know and, and keeping a good relationship with them. Um, I don't have any idea what I was saying. I, I was Taking going... the pressure off. It, yeah. I mean, honestly, my daughters-in-laws, they're not going to do everything that I think is right. They're not no. going to parent the way that I think is, you know, well, all the decisions don't. they... No. Even our kids don't, so we can't put that pressure... And they were raised in the I've house got, with us. I've got... We can't put that pressure on our daughter-in-laws to, to do the same thing when they no. weren't even raised by us. So I've got one daughter-in-law who doesn't discipline as much as I would, and one daughter-in-law that... Dis- or one daughter-in-law who... She doesn't... I don't know if she does, but I know my son dis- is a much more strict... And so, you know, I'm kind of like an in-between, yeah. I, my thought process, but, but their way, they take fantastic care of my grandchildren. It's just their discipline ideas are different. When they fight, I've had, I've had them come to me and they say, oh, mom, da 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 we're, we're fighting and that, you know, try to get me to, on one side or another. And I'm like, listen, you're barking up the wrong tree. I'm always going to take her side. If she leaves you, she can come here and leave you there. <laughs> because the key to my grandchildren is through their mother. And so as long as I cultivate a good relationship with the mother, with with my daughter-in-law, I'm always going to have full access to the grandkids. And that's what I'm after. We, so by the time this airs, I'll have three sons married. I have one that is getting married soon. As we record this, he's getting married soon. When this comes out, he will already be married. 
And luckily, with two of my sons, um, the women that they are married to or marrying, um, I had relationships with them before before my sons had relationships with them. They were in the church. They were in sisterhood, you know, that kind of thing. And so I had gotten to know them to some extent before my sons started dating them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that relationship, like I said, that I had built a relationship that was outside of them dating my sons. Um, so I, and I, I think that that has gone really far in my relationship with them now that even though they're dating my sons they know me as they know me as Aaron before that now they know me as mom yeah so we had a friendship to begin with um and I know um I I, like I'm so being in a blended family it makes it a little even more difficult on the kids when it comes to holidays because now they don't just have my family and her family they have my family his other family and her family and if you have they've come from a blended home so then they have two families and we have two families and there are only so many days in the holiday yeah and so we have to try to we have to try to figure out what works best and then not get upset if okay well Nick's not going to be at Thanksgiving this year because he's going to his mom's and then they're leaving as soon as they get done at his mom's and driving to Oklahoma to see Becca's family Um, and it's hard sometimes I'm like but 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 like you said if I can make it easier for him okay well we'll we'll do something when you guys get back we'll get together we'll whatever your favorite things are from Thanksgiving, we'll make sure we have those at the house and we'll we'll have a get together, just us. And that is so, I, I love that attitude you two have because I, I'm just going to be honest. Um, I'm not going to name situations or names, but in my 28 years, there's been a lot of holidays that I did not enjoy because the pressure was turned up so high for me to make everybody happy. I wound up unhappy. Because I can't be everything. I can't be every place at once. I can't do all of these things. And then on top of that, I'm still trying to create create a enjoyable experience for my own children. Right. And so there's been many holidays that it it was it was a stress giver, not reliever, not a coming together of family to celebrate and right. being thankful or Christmas celebrating the Lord Jesus. It was about making sure everybody was taken care of, and I was spent and. I didn't enjoy it and I'm just being I'm just being completely honest um, and so I love that you too are creating that safe place with your daughter-in-laws um, son-in-laws um, I'm, I'm just so well you son-in-laws one day I don't have son-in-laws one day yet. one yes. day one day um, well one day. one day you too yeah but um, I, I just I just love the thought process um, because you guys, as, as mother-in-laws, I'm not a mother-in-law just yet or a mother-in-love, whatever you want to say. Um, but you guys, y'all have more power than what you think. And you can cause a lot of frustration, a lot of pressure, and a lot of hurt huh. to y'all's new children by marriage if you don't watch it. And I love that you guys are careful to mind them 
and and to think about them and putting them just a, a small step ahead of your personal wants and I promise you that will that will create a bond between you and your daughters and your sons that y'all are being gifted by marriage it'll take that a lot further because that dynamic is so new and fresh. Yeah. You're already nervous, and i got to oh, do yeah. everything right. And if mama and daddy don't like me, that causes problems with me and husband. I get it. One of the things we've done as a family is at Thanksgiving, um, Daniel's parents, my, my husband, his parents come to my mom's house for Thanksgiving. So our kids don't have to try to make it to my parents and then his parents and then so they just they just have the one the one place they have to go to for us and so um christmas is a little different because of presents and all that stuff but yeah. like my dad my my biological dad will come and have thanksgiving and christmas at my mom's house so i don't have to That's try awesome. to go to two different places he comes him and his new wife will come and have have dinner and stuff with us there. I love that. And so, I any time that you can, you can combine things like that and make it easier for the kids. I say definitely try because. So with my mom and dad, I was already out of the house. My sister was in high school, and my mom and dad split. But. For special events, you have to be together. You know, I see so many. I see so many families who they've split, and okay, well, I'm gonna throw a party for Winona. We'll just go back with Winona. Nobody knew come to the church named Winona, so we can still use that name. Um, so I'm gonna throw a party for Winona, and then they're like, oh well, and we're, the next weekend we're throwing a party for Winona. Me and my ex-husband, Tim, uh, have every year gotten together for the boy's birthday and thrown a party together. Um, first off, it shows unity to the kids that even though we're no longer together, um, we can still do things for you guys together. We still talk. We still have communication. We're still able to be around each other. Um, whenever we run into um tim and his new wife Lindsay. anytime we run into them um i give Lindsay a hug and i tell her i love her and i'm thankful for that she's there to take care of my kids when i'm not there honestly i mean i my children my boys when they were little went through such a traumatic version of a blended family that i swore as as when I became a grandparent, if they were faced with this, that I would do everything and be diligent about not creating that for my grandkids. Right. Because my ex-husband, I mean, we fought about... Everything. Everything. And so it, it was just, it was like, it had to have been traumatic. But I was very careful not to talk bad about him in front of them when they were little. Um, but... My grandson, my, my son, one of my sons had a child when he was 16. And the woman he had a child with um, was a, a girl that her mother and I went to church with. So they met in church and they ended up having a child. And um, of 
course it was explosive. I mean, they were kids yeah. having kids, so it yeah. didn't it didn't work out. But um, I remember my son said, "Oh, well, you can't go to church there anymore." And I said, "Why?" He said, "Well, because my my ex, my baby mama, and her family go there." And I said, "That's not how we do things. No, we're the church. We are the church of the living God." We are a an alive church with the Holy Ghost flowing through it, and we don't dis uh, we don't excommunicate each other. We don't we don't stop having anything to do with each other just because maybe you and your girlfriend aren't together anymore. That's not the way we do things. So we still go to we still all go to church together years <laughs> later, and I I developed a very good relationship with. Brady's mom. Brady is is my grandson, and um, now my son and and um, Brady's mom. We have when he has a birthday, we have a birthday party. All of us together. When they come and visit church, we all sit together. Well, we try to if we can. <laughs> you know, right, now now really, right now, it's really hard because the church is packed. Yeah. So, I mean, we try to do all of the things together because I, I was really intentional about, you know, hey, guys, we cannot let this experience. We've got to sever that generational curse, that bloodline curse. We've got to sever that because the grandkids cannot experience what your experience was and you know Brady has he has struggled from having all the different homes all the different grandparents he said at one time he said why am I so loved (laughs) I said because you're just perfect (laughs) and it's because all of his grand I mean when we go to his birthday party he's got four sets of grandparents there he's got two sets of parents that he calls mommy and daddy on both sides even the step parent, he so calls mommy sweet. and daddy. So, you know, we, we you, but it takes absolute intention. It takes planning. Mm. It takes grace. It takes forgiveness because you're not going to do everything right. No. It's like setting us and I'm not gonna, And I'm not going to say everything right. No. None of us are. And it takes communication. Yeah. I mean, we, we talked about that in the last episode. And a good relationship relies on communication having easy conversations having difficult conversations and i mean that's the same thing can be said for said for our relationship with god we have to have communication we have to have talks we have to have periods where we talk and periods where we are quiet and we just listen Mm -hmm. so many times we want our conversations to be just let me talk to you and you hear what i'm saying and you just agree with it because you know i'm right um and though that that causes negative conversations that causes negative attitudes that that causes negative consequences because we aren't willing to hear the other side of the story um and when you're in a blended family you have to listen to all the sides of the coin because they may you you may want it one certain way and they may have a reason why they want it a different way maybe there's something that grandma did that they've always wanted to pass down to their kids and it's not in your vocabulary or anything you've ever thought about um but you have to be like okay well okay so we can do this thing that i really want to have done and then we can incorporate this other thing 
that you want to have done and our our kids cannot can have not just one tradition but they can have multiple traditions because we all love them and we all want them to have a piece of us that they pass on to their kids and then their kids so when we're not here they still have something from us well and that is it's beautiful but it takes years to get it took me years to get there and it took and it's taken ray years to get there when my boys were growing up as teenagers mostly my middle son my older son the my boys went to go live with their dad for a while and they ended up coming back um he was in another state the oldest one stayed because he met a girl who ended up becoming his wife and so he's still there but my middle one came back and it was nothing it was a fight i mean it was constant turmoil my my house was a literal war zone all the time i felt like i was constantly having to get in between the two of them i was constantly on edge it was no way to live and it was like i had to weather that do a lot of learning myself and then one day brady was at the church and worship started and nathan went to discipline brady but he looked like he was angry and that sparked something in my husband because he wasn't about to he he wasn't about to let that go down he wasn't about to let him discipline him angry but he didn't know he didn't know how we didn't know how he was going to discipline him we just know he took him out of the church and um but our grandkids that they are they are our angels doesn't matter what they do they are our angels <laughs> and um so up goes ray to follow him and i just knew this is not going to end I well. remember I was sitting by y'all. And it sounded like the walls were caving in. <laughs> and I rounded the corner and so did all of the security team because yes. Ray had Nathan up by his neck. Oh. And I thought, oh my gosh. I didn't even get near him because I wasn't getting in the middle of that. Brady was off in the corner. He was backed up. I mean, I can't even imagine how scary that was to him. Mm-hmm. But it was like something broke that day. It was like Nathan developed a respect for him that he didn't have before. That I stopped for so long because I didn't want to see them fight. And we went to Nathan and we apologized because it was none of our business. We didn't know what he was going to do. We didn't know if he was going to spank him, he was going to get on to him. We didn't, we didn't know. And we were butting in where we didn't belong. Yeah. And it took a lot for, for that. And um, it was like, after, we showed, I felt, I feel like we showed him a different, like we were really trying to change the type of parents we were. We were trying to change spiritually. And it was like our relationship began that day. And now, I mean, I gave them all of our Christmas stuff. We no longer have Christmas at our house. We give, we have Christmas at their house. We have all of our holidays at their house. I mean, we see them. I mean, we see them a lot and and make plans with them a lot. 
but it was like I had to get out of the way and let them do their thing. Unfortunately, it was in the hallway at the church, and I did not ever want to go back. I'm like, I'm never going back there again. Hey, but it's been <laughs> such a great story that we remind you of often. Oh, my gosh. Can you even believe it? I mean, if you can survive a fist fight in the hallway oh, it's at gravy, the church, baby. you can survive anything. Yes. <laughs> a fist fight at the church or um, trying to put on a Christmas play. If you can survive both of those, then you're you're in. I survived that, too. As a matter of fact, <laughs> me and the pastor's wife got into a great big argument, and I sped out, and I swore I'd never be back. <laughs> There's been a couple times, apparently, that you yeah, sworn you'd yeah. never come back. There has been. But, you know, I got over it, and I was yeah, like, of yeah. course I'm going back. Nice. Because I am no good if I'm not living for Christ. Right. And I'm not, I'm not any good... You know, my relationship with people is more important than how I feel at the time. Yeah. That's funny. Even if I'm wrong, it's more important. And I've learned that. I've I've apologized for things. I mean, just because I mean it goes back to our previous podcast that we recorded earlier. You know, it's not always about being right. It's about the relationship. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I value people more than I value being right. Sometimes we have to Eat a piece of humble pie. Oh, can you imagine the car ride on the way back home from that church service? I was like, oh my gosh, we are the crazy people. (laughs) (laughs) We're lucky you are not in jail right now, I'm just saying. (laughs) And the thing is, is that was the conversation you guys were having. And I remember just thinking, I hope Holly's okay. You know, I hope Ray's okay. That's what I I felt bad for Holly. I mean, so it wasn't, it wasn't even, oh my gosh, can you believe that? No. It was more, I hope they're okay. Yes. I hope, I hope they're okay. Um, And I think that that's, that's the feeling of, for most people, when you go through something like that, I mean, I I know that that might be a little hard to, to, to wrap your heads around because I don't know um, how many people have gotten in fist spots. Um, we, that at was at the, the beginning of the service. We stayed for the entire thing <laughs> at the church. Um, I don't. I don't know how many people have gotten involved in that kind of thing. But I mean, you. There have been other times when you've said things or done things or um, acted a certain way at church that you knew you shouldn't. Um, and you go home and you're like, oh, those people. I bet you they're talking about me. I bet you they're saying all kinds of stuff about me. And if a church is the the way the church should be. If they're the people that they should be, their first thought should be, I hope they're okay. Yeah. I wonder, I, I hope they're okay. I hope they, they come back from this. I, I hope they don't allow this to, to stop their growth. Um, because there's so many times that that does. Um, <laughs> I don't know how many times we've had, you know, ladies walk out of the church and their skirts blow up over their head. Oh, that's happened or, to me too. Or, you know, I was um, 444 and pounds and that really did happen to me. It blew up completely over my head and there was this guy the named Shed. Yeah, there's this guy named Ebony and he just looked at me and he looked down and he shook his head back and forth and I'm like, there's you can't come back from that. <laughs> Oh my gosh! If it's if if there's a story, I probably have been involved at one time. Um, I I remember something Sister Megan told me. Um, it's and she probably I don't even know if she remembers saying it. It's not been that long ago, but we were talking about the kids and we were talking about um 
about Kennedy and how she's, you know, she can play by herself and she doesn't require somebody to constantly be giving her affirmation and things like that. And that um, I have a couple of, of kids who um, do, that they, they require that affirmation. My husband, who's not from a blended home, requires that affirmation. And he is standing in the other room and I'm saying this so that he it's on the podcast. But anyway, um, and she said, she said, well, Erin, you know the reason why that is. You know the reason why Kennedy thrives. And I was like, no. And she says, because she has both of her parents there. She said she doesn't, she is involved in being a part of a blended home, mm-hmm. but she that's doesn't have world. a blended home. She, that's not her, that's not her world. Um, and that's why Emma has thrived the yeah. way she's thrived is because she's not dealt with certain things your other two children yeah. have. Yeah, she's been in like our little Emma bubble and, you know, when I was in school, I was the girl who got 15 it who got who was 15 and pregnant. I was that girl. And uh two of my really good friends, oddly, um their parents allowed them to spend time with me because I was the, the the black sheep obviously after making that decision. Um, and both of those girls that I spent a lot of time with were really good girls. Um, they made great grades. They, I mean, they were just pretty, really well, good girls. And if you look at the, the, the ways that we grew up, they grew up in two, two single home families. It was just them, their mom and dad and a sibling, no blended. And dad was present and dad was was strong and he was a protector in both of those situations and dad was a nurturer and dad was there and that was not something that i was gifted with and so there were a lot of things that i struggled with that i noticed those two girls didn't struggle with and of course i didn't understand then but all these years later i can see why i struggled with those things yeah um i my, like I said, my parents didn't split until I had already graduated high school. Um, I, I think I was I, still in the home, but I was like... Um, I, You're on your I, way out. I was on my <laughs> way out. Um, but my dad was an over-the-road trucker, um, and he was home. So, yes. So you I, I know. I know I, you guys are probably... I thought your dad was a preacher. My dad was a preacher. He, he was a preacher um, throughout... Part of my growing up, he um, drove just grain trucks local, and then um, he gave up the church, um, and we we still went to the same church, and um, he became an over-the-road trucker, and so he was gone. Um, normally, he would leave Sunday night, and he would get back either late Friday night or early Saturday morning, and so he was home for the weekend, and then he was gone again, and um, and... So, I didn't have a dad, really, um, because he. It was just my mom. I mean, when I said uh, um, in the earlier episode that my husband was working and he wasn't home, and I felt like a single mom. My mother really was a single mom, um, even before her and my dad divorced, because my dad was not home, and um, I always wanted. um, that father figure in my house I had friends who they'd come home and they'd um, they'd 
crawl in their daddy's lap and give him hugs and he'd kiss them on the forehead and tell them he loved them. And my dad, um, my dad's dad, uh, molested his daughters. Um, so my dad didn't want to have kids because he was afraid it would be a family trait. And he mm. didn't want to, he did not want to, um, for there to be an, an, a chance that that would happen. And so he didn't want kids. And he told my mom he didn't want kids. And if he if they had kids, he wanted boys. Well, my dad ended up with two girls. Um, and I was a daddy's girl when I was little. Um, but as soon as I kind of got a little older, my dad kind of kept me at a, an arm's length because he didn't want what had happened with his sisters to happen to us. Mm. And so it was a generational curse that he had decided he was going to break, but he didn't want to give any root or any chance to the enemy for that to be something that could possibly be him. And so um, there was a long time where I struggled with that, and that led to a lot of the issues that I got into with um, looking to a boy to try to fulfill that that longing for a dad who would show me the affection that I wanted. Um, I knew my dad loved me. I knew my dad was there for me. I knew my dad would do anything he could for me. <laughs> Sorry, my cat is walking the table and messing with the mics. Um, but it was that, that love and that affection that I longed for. Um, as an adult... God has been like, I will be that dad. Mm-hmm. You know, I will I will always be there for you. You never have to question whether I'm going to be there because I'm always there. I will hug you and I will love on you and I will, will hold you anytime you need me. Um, and so I've had to try to fall or put God in that position. And it's hard sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um when you've not grown up with that, it's hard sometimes to remember that God is not what our human father was. That God is is the perfection of what a father should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there are times when I have to remind myself. Um, Megan taught at a, um, a recovery place here this past... In the, couple weeks ago or by the time this airs will be a couple weeks ago and she talked about Hagar and she talked about um, God being the God who sees that Hagar gave him his name the God who sees and that he sees us um, and when we feel unseen Mm -hmm. that God still sees us just Mm -hmm. because we may not feel seen doesn't mean we aren't seen um, and I've told I've told our youth many times. I told them the story of my dad. Um, when he was a teenager, he um, started going to church, got saved, got baptized, all that stuff. And so he prayed over every one of his meals. And he came into the school cafeteria one day late, and he went through the line, sat down, and just started eating. And this kid, he said, it was somebody that I you know, went to school with, but I didn't really know him. He says, I might have known their name at the time. He said, but I didn't know this person. He said, and they looked at me and they were like, Johnny? 
did you forget something? And he said, I looked at my tray and I was like, I got, I got my meat, I got my potatoes, I got my, my, my brownie, I got, what, did I miss something? Was there something up there? Because I, I, if I'm supposed to get it, I want to make sure I get it. What am I missing? And the guy said, you didn't pray. My dad said, he said, conviction just watched over me as I put my head down and I prayed. And he said, I thought, I don't even know, really know who this person is, but they know enough of my character to know that when I sit down, I pray. Wow. And so I told our kids, I was like, just because you don't think anybody is watching you doesn't mean that nobody's watching you. And that goes, God always sees, but there's always somebody watching to see, are we going, is our character going to be the same today as it was yesterday? Are we going to make the same decisions today as we made yesterday? Are we going to follow through with the things we said we were going to do yesterday, today? Um, and how we walk, what our decisions are, affect all those around us. Whether they, we think that the, our lives are touching theirs or not. It's what we do affects those around us. And when we're a blended family, it affects our kids it affects our kids when they go to their other parents' house and how they react to what happens there. Mm-hmm. Um, it affects how that other parent reacts to us and whether that child feels like they can have the ability to say, hey, something's happening and I need to talk to somebody about it or to feel like they can go back and forth and be able to say, hey, this happens at, at dad's house. It's something I like doing. Can we do that here? Um, and not feel like they're going to be condemned for that because yeah. of the relationships that we build and whether we are the same continuous or whether our attitude and the way we act changes day by day. I went through a course and it was about building trust and one of the things that it talked about was that trust is not necessarily built because you keep a big secret or you do a big thing but trust is built by tiny little commitments that are met and fulfilled like um, uh, we're going We're going to go to church on Wednesday and Sundays and you go to church on Wednesday and Sundays and we're going to have we're going to pray before we eat and I'm committed to praying before I eat and every time I eat I'm, I pray I'm committed to um, brushing your hair in the morning every morning and, that, and I do that without fail and all of these little promises a commitment is a promise and all these little promises that we make little tiny ones show what our character is and how trustworthy we are so if you make a commitment to do something and you don't follow through it breaks the promise well I can think of I, I, I've got somebody in my mind right now that I know and I know that if we have an event and I tell this person about it now the likelihood of them showing up in two weeks is very slim because they'll commit to it now but I'll never see them again right or they'll, they'll, they'll say, hey, let's go do this. Nine times out of ten, they're going to probably cancel. So I'm not really going to 
block that time off right. because they're probably going to cancel on me. I don't have a lot of trust in that person because they break those little promises all the time. Even though maybe I've told that person a secret or something I don't want them to repeat and they didn't repeat it, that doesn't mean I fully trust them because they've broken all these little promises. Right. So if I was to say to you, you know, hey, I'm going to tell you something and I, and I really don't want you to repeat it, you wouldn't repeat it. And I would, and but I, but I also trust that you will do all the things that you say you're going to do, and it's because you've always fulfilled those little promises. So it's important to us that if we make a commitment to someone, even if it's a tiny one, in order for us to build trust, we need to make sure we follow through with that commitment. And I think that goes for our kids. Oh yeah, Um, we have to. We not only do we have to make sure that we hold ourselves to those commitments, if our child makes a commitment we need to make sure that they hold true to that yeah because we are the examples and if they come to us and say well i told so and so i was going to go to this but i really don't feel like it well sorry (laughs) you made a commitment that you were going to do that and you have to you have to abide by and follow those commitments that's just like with anything else okay well you're committed we're committed to brushing your teeth so that you can have good smell and breath and you can keep all the teeth in your head that's something we're committed to you take care of your teeth now it'll take care of you later um and then <laughs> you know we're committed to eight thirty is a bedtime you know there may be some like church we may not get home till a little bit later but every other night bed bedtime is eight thirty. we're committed to Making sure that when we walk out the door, we're dressed in something that's appropriate to wear, um, and we know what what modesty is. We know what 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 is appropriate and what isn't appropriate, or what mom considers appropriate and not appropriate. And if we don't do those, those are there are consequences. Um, when we and- blur the lines, when we blur the lines, it opens up the door. For so many other lines to get blurred. Yeah. You show me a a kid who misses school, who's allowed to miss school, and I will show you a kid that doesn't have good work attendance later on in their life, yeah. or uh, an adult. Right. Kids who miss school typically grow up to be adults that don't have good work ethic. Well, my kids get mad at me because if they have to miss school because they're sick, they have to stay in their bed. I'm like, if we're missing school because we're sick, we're not going to be running around the house being... <laughs> if I miss jumping. work for vacation, you can guarantee I'm going to be in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> but, but they get it and they're like, well, I feel better. Well, then you should have stayed at school. Yeah. There, there, there oh, was, great. There was, Go get dressed. I'll take I'll you take, I'll take you right back. Um, and so I mean that, but that's one of the that's one of the rules, and they know that is one of the rules for the house because I, I again, just like you said, I don't want you to think that you can just miss school all willy nilly just because. Um, I allowed them to stay out of school a couple weeks ago because we were going to win to help set up for Nick and Chloe's wedding, and um, and so I took them out of school on a Friday. That's a treat. That's that, that's not a normal thing for my kids um, because I want them to have a good work ethic. They 
they they watch me and their dad get up every day and go to jobs. Um, not always do we want to get up and, and go to a job, but every day they see us get up, put on work clothes, get ready, get in the car, drive ourselves to work, and come back home. Mm-hmm. We're committed to being good employees. Right. I want my kids to be good employees. Um, and so, like you said, that's something that's something they learn because of what we have put into them. So to circle back to a blended family, how do you deal with the confusion of mom's house, we get up and go to school and then go to work. Dad's house, eh, if your tummy hurts this morning, you can stay home tomorrow. That's a difficult one. And, you know, no big yeah. deal. Or, you know, I'm, ta- I'm I'm just calling out today. You know, it's not necessarily something that is a priority. Because right. what's in what's a priority in one house may not be in a priority in another. Oh, yeah. And then you've got kids like, mom's the devil and dad's awesome. Or dad's awesome. Or dad's the devil and mom's awesome. You know, whoever yeah. has this. And that's really what we found happened is, you know, I was I was the devil and dad was awesome. Well, I made them go to church and school, and you know I'm, I'm trying to run their life, and I won't let them go, <laughs> be who they really want to be. Yeah, and I'm like, oh my gosh, go get dressed. You're going to school. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think in that, in that aspect, you just, you have to, you have to give it to God when they go to the other house, mm-hmm. and just say, you know. God, you you know what they need. And you know who they're supposed to be. So I need you to protect them when they're not here. Right. Um, you have to you have to be their guard when they're at this other house. You have to um shut the mouths of the lions. Yeah. Um and and that's a difficult one. That's when you know that you're sending them into a place that is not always the best place for them to be. Um, Nathan came home from his dad's when he was 14 with a tattoo from wrist to elbow. And I remember thinking, you know, I didn't sign off on this. You know, he's made a life-altering decision right. at 14. I had no, I, I had absolutely no say in it. You know, um, and I just had to deal with it. I had to pray that umbrella around my children. You know, and my kids, my, 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 all three of my kids are wonderful people. My stepchildren are wonderful people. But it is, it's not easy when you send your kids off to the other parent mm-hmm. and you don't have any control. You literally, you've got to send them under the protection of the Lord. And this is where we activate our faith. And I, I feel that way. You know, I, I, have, I have children of my own that are still kind of going back and forth. And then I have um, stepchildren or bonus children that are are doing the same thing and um uh, luckily um both of the other parents are um are in church 
are Christians, um, we don't always believe the same way. Um, we don't always still, even though we all are believers, we don't have the same um, discipline styles or responsibilities. Um, but like I said, you just you have to pray that hedge of protection. Mm. You know, God, I ask that you just you protect them. I know I have prayed that before. I've had some. I've had um, a mom call me and say. There's some stuff going on at this other house, and I don't. I, I'm scared for my daughter. I'm scared for what she's about to go through, and I just went into a prayer, and I was like, I was like, God, I need you to shut the mouth of the lion. I need you to to keep that other parent from being able to say anything that would tear down this sweet, innocent little girl. And you protect her. You put a hedge around her that anything that is thrown at her, it just, it bounces off the shield you put around to protect her. You protect her heart. You protect her mind. You keep her safe. When she is at that home, that you keep her safe. Um, And it's hard. Um, I can't, I can't imagine being that mom or that dad that has to do that, knowing that they're they're sending their daughter or son into that, um, and it is unfortunately they have no other option. There's yeah. not anything they can do about it. Um, but we ju- we just have to be that hedge. We just have to be the hedge. Megan, you've been through this. Yeah. It's hard. I, there, I I tell people all the time, like, if I have a sister or somebody close to me that's asking for direction or help or just thoughts on a situation that's really personal to them, my response is almost the same. There's, there's not a rule book for this type of dynamic. This dynamic didn't come from God. Man created this, unfortunately, and I fall in that, so no judgment to anyone out there. No offendies, but um, I'm in it myself. I created it for myself. God did not. So in that, there's obviously going to be hardship, um, but in that, I, I, it takes a lot of line down myself. Um, and on my blended family situation, I have two children, two different fathers, Um different homes, sets of grandparents, all different, completely different people. Um, I'm not the same person I was at 15 when I had my, my oldest daughter, Kirsten. I'm not the same person I was at 19. Um, and I've evolved differently and so have their fathers. And so you've got so many different personalities, thoughts, opinions, things that offend all of these people. And then you're trying to somehow keep some type of family unit. Um, it's, it's almost near impossible, but, but it's not when you have God in it. So I think for me, the key to me is keeping my child at center, keeping God at center. Number one, keeping my child's best interest, figuring out if that thing is worth having that difficult conversation over or if it's worth shutting my mouth and letting it slide, praying on it, letting God work out the details. Um, it, I just, girl, I, I'm, I go through it every day, all the time. It's so hard. Um, but I, I, 
I just really, really try to put people ahead of me. I try to I try to do what's in the best interest of the child, even if it hurts my feelings. My um, youngest daughter one time, she had a procedure done here about a month ago, and uh, she come home with mom, me, and slept, and, and she told me um, she was supposed to go to her dad's that night, and they actually, they offered to allow me to have her and once she slept off all the silly medicine and kind of woke up she said I'm ready to go to my dad's and that little that little mama hardened me oh I was like wait what you know not that there's anything wrong with them but I'm your mama you know and she's like no I just needed you earlier but I'm okay now (laughs) and but um if I was selfish I would have said no you're staying home but I don't operate that way. I operate, I, I, you know what I actually did after I got over self? I, th- I thank the Lord after I dropped her off that she had that relationship with her dad that she wanted to go to daddy's house. Mm-hmm. Um, because I come from a broken home by my father's hand. Um, he was an alcoholic. He, he was a drug addict. He was a raging drug addict. And when I say raging, I mean he got physically angry. I mean... To paint you a picture of what that looked like, the most severe severe part of my childhood was when he, he stabbed my stepmom in her abdomen six times, and it took officer after officer, about eight police officers, to rip one man, my father, off of my stepmother, and I watched that. Um, that was my childhood. That's, that's what I had for the example of a man... Um, a father and so I am so thankful when when um, that little girl of mine she wanted to go to dad's house I didn't have that I got to watch it I envied it my two best friends had that and uh, that was to tell you that still don't sting a little bit I'd be lying like a rug to look at you two and tell you that um, a father is such a, a big part of a family, and, and there's a famine of parents nowadays, if, yeah. as I'm sure you've all noticed. And I'm not trying to be doomsday or negative or ugly. I'm just I'm just speaking what's around us. And if you hear this podcast and you really think about those words, I, I bet you could honestly agree with me in that. Um, and so I never want to take away from my kids. I always, always want to think about them and... And I do want to add this too. Um, I've never been a step parent. Um, my husband's a step parent. My husband, because he's not my father, my children's biological father. And I, and now I get to see it through the lens of a step parent. You get to help the child and pay for the bill, but you don't get a say. You know what I mean? Um, and and I've done that to my children's step parent. I mean, I'm not throwing stones anywhere. I'm just I'm just painting the picture of a step parent for you out there that don't understand or maybe you that can't identify with that. Um, I am so blessed by that person who loves my children and who adds to their life and is not selfish and does not easily get offended and who really tries to put my little girl's interest at at first and understand it's about their childhood and it's not always about our feelings. And so I thank Holly. I said every bit of that 40 minute long spill to say, I think in order for us to be more successful and the blended home, I think if we can all, if every part of the family unit, the the mother and the stepfather or the, the father and the stepmother, vice versa, however the dynamic is, whatever the arrangements are at this point, I think if you can get both sides of those families 
to really put the child at center along with God, I don't think that that's a formula that'll fail you. No. I, I remember after having been a, a step parent for a year or so, I remember calling my stepdad and just telling him, first off, apologizing. Being like, I am so sorry if I ever made you feel like you were anything less than a dad. Um, and then just you telling. You the best stepdad I in the whole the wide world. Best. Oh my gosh. He created love with Jesus. Oh, like, I'm, I'm convinced like, him and Jesus had a conversation. <laughs> my stepdad is, he's the best thing since sliced bread. I mean, my mama definitely won the lottery when she found that man. And, um, and I, I told him, I said, I just, I want to tell you, I'm sorry if I've ever made you feel anything less than my dad. Um, and thank you. Thank you for loving me and my sister the way you did. Um, for, for putting in the effort. Because I know it's effort. There's yeah. effort that has to be put in there. I said, but you have never made us feel like we were anything less than your kids. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean... I, I did. I, I won the lottery when I got him as my stepdad. And I have a really, really great stepmom as well who puts in effort in trying to, to keep in contact with me and my sister. And she sends me stuff um, on Facebook Messenger all the time. And, and she really does try to put in that effort. But, yeah, when I, when I got my, my stepdad, I was... I was blessed, truly, truly, truly blessed. It makes a difference. Um, the woman I had the unfortunate, that had the unfortunate, um, the unfortunate experience with my father that I kind of described to you earlier. Um, my father has passed away. She's she's been remarried for quite a while now, several years, several several years, and to this very day, she still mothers me. She lives in Texas. Um, I mean, she doesn't miss a beat. I mean, she drove all the way down here whenever I got married. Um, I mean, she has just been a constant in my life. And there were times where, where I don't want to, I want to say this correctly, but there were times I was closer to her than my actual blood family. You know what I mean? That step parent. And so the never step parent out there listening, you're, you're frustrated. You get the short end of the stick. You know, you're the first one bashed on your decision decisions. I just, I, I just want you to have hope when you hear me say that. My experience with the step parent, there were moments that that I was closer to her than my own parents, and I thank God for her. And I still have a relationship with her beyond my dad. Um, her and my dad are not together. Like I said, he's passed away. Um, he and her, she's been remarried to a whole different man, a whole different family for many years. So don't underestimate the power that you have in that child's life that, that God's gifted you that maybe necessarily you didn't you didn't birth or you weren't there from the start, but you do matter and you do make a difference and you are just an additional support for that child. And in the world we're in, I think we all need that additional support system. I have a weird, my situation is very strange. Yeah. I mean, talk <laughs> about dysfunction. I've got like, oh my goodness. So, I grew up with both parents. My dad was extremely abusive, physically and sexually abusive. Mm -hmm. And uh, my mom had five kids in four years, so I've got a brother and sister that are twins. 
and then and we were all a year apart so she she ended up having five children in four years so he was a drunk an addict and he ended up um, spending years sexually abusing my sister he was extremely physically abusive to all of us to the point where I mean we should have been taken away uh, um, but anyway so when we found out about the abuse to my sister about the sexual abuse my mother threw him out that um, marriage was severed and then he ended up going to prison so mom went through time and then she ended up getting remarried and the man that she remarried is unbelievable I mean he is fantastic so the relationship that I have with him and he reminds me a lot of my husband. I was about to say that it's funny, y'all, because Holly and her mother are practically turning into the same person. And then her <laughs> mother's husband, which is her stepfather, and her husband, um, Holly's husband, are the same person. So whenever I Even went over to same their house. Profession. <laughs> same profession. Same person. Uh, same interest. It's, it's absolutely hilarious. One time, y'all short story i was i went over to sister holly's house and her mother was in town and her mother's husband her stepfather were in town and i was having dinner with two sets of the same people in different seasons of their life (laughs) and i was like holly that is you in like 20 years like i'm dying yeah her and her husband my mom and my stepdad are almost 13 years apart and ray and i are 13 (laughs) years apart we both uh, so i drive a Kia Sorento and she drives a Kia Sorento. <laughs> he drives the same kind of truck and the same exact color as Ray does. We the same profession, same everything. It's it is bizarro. But it, I mean, we just love spending time with them, but I didn't get a step parent until I was an adult. Yeah. And so you'd think it would be kind of weird and there would be like a um kind of a a weird atmosphere because I didn't get to have I mean he'd never parented me but I still think of him as my stepdad I mean he we have a fantastic relationship with him that's the man who takes care of your mother he takes care of my mom well and and I don't think we ever stop really being parented right I think and I think that's why when our parents do get older and and we lose a parent it's it's still such a shock or a heartache to the system because even though we don't live with them anymore if i have a question i call my mom Mm -hmm. you know if i need something I i call my dad and i'm like hey i need i need you guys to um i need you guys to i need i need help um, they're my my go-to. As a matter of fact, my my son, who will be married by the time this airs, um, today he does he doesn't live at the house. He has his own place. But today he had a um, had an incident with a tire, and the first person he called was me. He called he called he called me. He's like, hey, he actually had his fiance call me. But anyway, um, and they were like, hey, we have a, a tire issue. Where are you guys at? We're in Paragould. Where are you guys? We're in Jonesboro. Um, um, so anyway, um, he, 
I was like, okay, well, let let's let me get the groceries home and we'll figure it out. And as soon as we got home, my husband jumped in his car and headed towards where he was. And so um, I was, I mean, that's, even though he doesn't live here, I'm still his parent. I'm still his mom. And I will be his mom. Well, until he, until he passes away, <laughs> because even if I'm gone, I'm, I'm still his mom. That that never changes. Um, and so, like I said, I think that's, you know, he may not have been your, your stepdad when you lived in the home, mm-hmm. but he's still the person you go to. Yeah. He's still the person you call if you have an issue and you, you know it's something that he would know about. He's the person you call. Yeah. Um, or... You call him and say, okay, who do I need to call about this? I mean, just because we... He stepped into that role. Just like the Lord has stepped into that role for you and your dad. Okay, well, guys, that brings us to the end of this episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, We do have an email if you guys want to send us any questions or comments. Kick, don't quit, pod at... (sighs) gmail.com um kick don't quit pod at gmail.com and then we've got we've got instagram we've got facebook we have our youtube channel and then of course you can find the podcast on either youtube um apple podcast or spotify we thank you guys so much for listening we hope this is spoke to you and it'll help you um we love you guys be blessed See ya. Bye.